Hi, I'm Tim. And I'm Jenny. And we are, we are the Irreverends. I don't know how that syncs up, but That's hey, fine. here we go. Yeah. So again, hashtag new technology. Yeah. We are Doing just- this by Zoom. We used to have to do it by FaceTime and it was weird. And then we had to synchronize it and it was hard. And now this is a lesson we learned from COVID um, is that Zoom works well. So thank you, Zoom. Thank you, murderous virus. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, and welcome back to a new, uh, I would say season. I guess we could say season. Yeah, series. Um, reverence. Our friends across the pond would say series. A new series, right. Yeah. I guess, we should we call it series two? We could. Yeah. Okay. Series two of the Irreverence. Series the band two. is back together. The Irreverence. The Awakening. Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, just bringing you up to speed, I am still at St. John's Georgetown. And I am the rector of Trinity Church in Newport, Rhode Island. And so we are spanning the East Coast with yes. this conversation. And New England, Mid-Atlantic, electrons going everywhere. Yeah. So glad to have you with us. So... Forgive us if we're, we're a little rusty, you know. We are a little rusty. We're knocking some rust off, spraying some three-in-one oil on it, see what we got. Yeah. Exa- well, I, you say three-in-one oil. I'm a WD-40 kind of girl. Yeah, same concept. Yeah. But WD-40. Three-in-one oil is, you know, better, you know. What? As all farmers know. Oh. But essentially the same stuff. But it, is it really? Yeah. But so like the three-in-one oil comes in that little can yeah. that you squeeze, but WD-40 has a spray. Yeah, you can get three-in-one in the spray can too really yeah oh my god always, i always kept kept one on the tractor you know it was just a deal <laughs> i had such different childhoods <laughs> oh well all anyway here we are you're a proper 25 okay proper 25 uh we are in and year a apparently tim tells me because i never pay attention to that sort of thing and in case you don't know the uh, readings are arranged in a three-year cycle, year A, B, and C. And the year is about to change with Advent, which is the new right. year of the church. And uh, so, so we find ourselves deep into the Hebrew Bible. Well, we are at Leviticus 19. So track two. Not track only is two. it a three-year thing, but during this period of the year in between... Pentecost and the end of the church year, we have two tracks, so different Old Testament readings are available. And we're focusing on the track two reading. And one of the tracks gives us a um, a through narrative of one of the big sort of story arcs. And the other mm-hmm. is more thematically matched with the gospel for the day. So right. Here we are, Leviticus 19, verses 1 to 2 and 15 through 18. Ready? I was born ready. (laughs) (laughs) Just seen that coming. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God am holy. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice, you shall judge your neighbor. 
You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. There ends the reading. There it is. So I feel compelled as the one holding the book uh, in front of me, literally the book, ha, um, to point out that when you are reading in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, and you see the word Lord written in all caps, but um, the L is a larger cap than the others, that is a sign, a visual sign, that this in the original Hebrew was what our Jewish brothers and sisters would call the tetragrammaton or the ineffable tetragrammaton, the proper name of God, the Hebrew letters yod Hey vav Hey, which we generally tend to uh, translate into English as I am. But it could also be I am becoming what I am becoming or I will be what I will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every time... Like when it started, the Lord spoke to Moses. That is the great I am spoke to Moses. And every time God said, I am the Lord, it's also that. Mm-hmm. So this is a big deal. It's a big deal when God is speaking and continues to affirm God's name. Yep. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. It's a big deal. And as a reminder, when this is read in Hebrew, that is never read aloud in the right. way that it is written down what people will do will they will subsidize sub subsidize subsidize that's yeah, a different part of my brain i went back to financial <laughs> aid uh they will substitute uh adonai the lord right or hashim the name so um and in our respect for that as well we translate that as the lord that way yeah so, all right this, this is a big deal anyway uh, yes. this, this entire part, right? Because Leviticus is this weird book, at least for Americans. We have this weird yeah. relationship with Leviticus. Um, this particular portion comes out of what is known as the Holiness Code, which is basically, I think, chapters 16 through 27. All right. Uh, so this is how you're supposed to be if you're going to be holy. Uh, and we have a tendency in the uh, United States, the United States, where we are recording this. We are priests in the Episcopal Church. In the United States, the member of the Anglican Communion in the United States. And uh, we have a whole bunch of people out there um, who are Christians that let the pretext from Leviticus on on certain facets of human experience, Mm -hmm. like sexuality. Um, But then, you know, we have like something here where it basically says, you know, you can't hate... uh, your neighbor, your countrymen, and all this other stuff. But then you see where we are. So, and when, and Tim is being very kind, when Tim says people love to proof text, that means where people pluck a uh, provision out of the Bible outside of its context and all of that and use that usually to hammer somebody. And the ones that Leviticus, people always throw around the things in Leviticus about human sexuality when Leviticus also has things about not blending fibers and not planting two different crops in your field and all of that stuff. 
Um, all, sort, all sorts of stuff that we ignore, sadly. Yeah. And also we ignore this admonition that we are supposed to. To know, love. And the reason. Regardless and, of status or origin. Right. Everybody. And it's also something I actually heard someone once use this. So there's a, a whole branch of Christian theology called liberation theology that is about the, the idea that God has a preference for the poor and the marginalized. And I actually heard somebody use this against the idea that God wants us to care for widows and orphans and the poor and the marginalized because it said, you shall not show, you shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, by the way, because it's usually people who are yeah. wealthy you and powerful. Defer to the great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I, what part of what I love about this, Tim, and the, the repetition of God saying, I am the Lord. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. And I, I am. I said. <laughs> oh, sorry. When Neil Diamond on it. Yeah, my kids and I were just talking about how much <laughs> money Neil Diamond must have made, must be making continually for Sweet Caroline. That's sweet Caroline. Yeah. yeah. Ba, ba, ba. Um, I myself, I found myself belting this out at a wedding just a couple of weeks ago. Um, anyway, part of what I love is that God is identifying God's own self including I am becoming what I am becoming. I will be what I will be with like with this sort of behavior that God is calling us to, which is love. Like no I no unjust judgments, you know, no partiality, poor or great. Right. Just love. I am the Lord. It's just don't go around slandering. Ooh. <laughs> hmm. That's right. a little bit harsh. I know. I am the Lord. It's like God identifying himself with our behavior is really profoundly meaningful to me. And it's something that's been in my mind since we were doing um, last week, I guess, was uh, the feast day of St. Teresa of Avila, who is famous for her poem, God Has No Hands on earth, but yours, no eyes with which to see compassion, but yours. And then this past Sunday was uh, Jesus and the coin. And they say, do we pay taxes to God or not? And, and Jesus says, well, whose pictures on this coin? It's Caesar's. Well, give to Caesar what is Caesar, give to God what is God's. And we are made in the image of God and stamped by God at our baptism as God's. And in some way that makes us the coin of God's realm. Like, how we are spent reflects on God's own identity hmm. and find right here. And it doesn't, it, it, gosh, it ties us up yeah. in this beautiful way. What would it be like if we took as seriously as some people want to take other aspects of Leviticus, this line, yeah. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. I am the Lord. The Lord. Right. Yeah. What would it be like? I mean, then we wouldn't have people who are unhoused. Or if they were, it would just be for a very short time and they would live in safe, 
transitional housing while people worked around the clock to find a place to live. And every school would be outstanding with books for everybody and computers for everybody and teachers. Oh my God, imagine if we paid teachers what we pay like professional athletes. You know, like what would it be like if you really considered other people's children like yours? What would it be like if you bore no grievances? Yeah, that's hard, Tim. I mean. That's really hard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what that would be like. I, I try not to bear them, but. Yeah. I mean, I think part of this, not part of this, this is an invitation for us to change ourselves into more loving people. And God is not only affirming it with this sort of fearsome, repetitive, I am the Lord, as if it's like, do this because I could turn you into a pillar of salt. But it's an invitation to make ourselves into a Lord, somebody like a Lord that loves us so much. Somebody who's other focused. Every one of us, right. Every one of us to love like God loves. Um, I mean, but it's an invitation, right? Because it's I'm not human. an invitation. It's a command. You shall. Yes, it is. But it's not like I'll, I'll burn you up in all of eternity if you don't. It's, I think it's also, what I mean, we know how hard this is, right? Because otherwise it wouldn't be in the Bible because everybody would be doing it. But it is a really hard thing not to bear grudges and not to be, judgmental and and my god all you have to do is live here in washington and see the partiality people pay to those who are in power you don't have to just be in washington you could be here in newport rhode island and see it too well yeah i get you can see it everywhere and in and through all times right um you're right it's not just an invitation but it's not a threat it's this is who i am be like me. <laughs> and by the way, I'm quoting God. I'm not saying be like me, Jenny, because that, that wouldn't be very good. Um, so anything else we want to say about this as if it, I mean, it's so major, but I think I'm good it, on it. It's such an easy segue to the gospel. Do you want to read the gospel? If you haven't spent any time in Leviticus, I guess I would just say do. Um, because I think Leviticus more than any, anything else is the the centering point of the Torah, the law. Yeah. The and if you, um, if you want to understand what has been and what Jesus is fulfilling, you, you got to get, get in there and understand the whole thing, not just the little bits that people want to use to bludgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's complicated. It's hard to just drop in and read a bunch of rules. Yeah. Um, but in the same way, you can tell a lot about people by um, what makes them angry or what they feel like they need to um, delineate. What Look at it with that eye. And also with the eye of understanding a people who were subjugated repeatedly throughout history mm-hmm. and figure it out what's important for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's segue to the gospel.
You want to read the gospel? Do you have it out? I'd love to read the gospel. The gospel comes from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 46. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first, greatest and first commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love, sorry, I'm going right to the right one things. You shall love the neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David by the spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can be he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. And here endeth the lesson. Bum, bum, bum. Sorry, I skipped, I skipped right over into the right one language because it's so familiar. I noticed. I noticed. This is the summary of the law. And um, so in the Episcopal Church, we have two different rites that you can follow when you're doing the Eucharist. And one of them is right one, one of them is right two. Right two is the modern English version, um, which, uh, you know, I think, as I recall, Jenny at St. John's, that's all you do. Yep. Uh, but right one is the Elizabethan English version. The King Elizabethan English version. Yeah. Uh, in, in that version, the summary of the law that we just said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thou all thy soul, and all thy mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments, saying all the law and the prophets. The priest actually, as part of the opening of the service, right after we say the call out for purity, also says that. Mm. So you have this sequence of things that um, are instructive for a Christian as you're moving towards the liturgy of the word and the table of God to, to keep in mind, right? And I, and I love the way that it's written in that Elizabeth, the Elizabeth English, you know, on these two things, hang all the law and the prophets. Uh, and I kind of think of it the way that you hang a door on a door frame. Oh. Right? The swing. Yeah, so like I think of this, you know, as, as the door through which we travel as Christians um, on our way into the service of word and table, but also on our way into the world after we've been, you know, filled up with these things. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know. Well, and, and I love how it really frames to again, borrow the metaphor of the door. It really frames the whole service and frames our lives as Christians and of course, it echoes back to this very passage in Leviticus, right? Which is why that passage was selected. That every it's, it's part of it. Well, the first section of it too is part of the Shema, the, the mm -hmm. great prayer of Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Thou shalt love the Lord your God. But you know that's the way it goes. Right. Um, but the second part, the neighbor part, Jesus adds in. Mm -hmm you know, from, from other places. Mm -hmm. And so combining these two things into, you know, 
Uh, and then, and then you know you have you have rabbinical statements on the same thing that recount recounted you know, remembering that Jesus is a rabbi, um, recounting all this as well. And the the then basically the statement on that is everything else is just commentary. You know, yeah, everything the, else is is fleshing out what it means to love your neighbor as yourself or to love, love God and love your neighbor. Like yep. that's everything else is just. Yeah, and and giving this reading today a little context, I mentioned last week uh, they put Jesus to the test again. They're 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 gathering their best minds to figure out Jesus is trouble. How do we catch him in something so that we can get rid of him? I know. Let's bring and, some lawyers. <laughs> yeah. How could that possibly? How could anything <laughs> go wrong with that? Right. <laughs> Um, and he just, it just doesn't work. So last week they asked him, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And they know the answer is it's really not, you can't tell people not to pay taxes to Caesar. Total cash 22. Yeah. But you can't tell people to pay taxes to Caesar because then that's like worshiping Caesar because the ta- the coins themselves say the Caesar is Lord. Yeah. So, so they're t- trapping him, and Jesus, it just can't be trapped. You know, he's like the wind. Um, and so they try. They go at him again. And and I and, love and this, is, this is really the last time, and this is this is like the culmination before the events. Well, and it ends with they narrow Holy Week. The- they dared not ask him any more questions. Yeah. After, from that after this, day, after this they decide, well, we, we can't beat him in the forum, so we're just going to whack him. Well, we can't, we can't trap him. He, right. He's too smart. He's too elusive. But I also think there's an element of every time he does this, we look bad. Yeah, we're chumps. We, it's shown that he is really wiser and knows our laws better than we do and speaks speaks more deeply of the law than we and and that's been a message Jesus has said his whole life you have heard it said but i say to you you know um he knows the religious law better he knows people's hearts better they, he spots their traps right away. I mean, they just always come out looking bad. It's not helping their cause at all. You can almost hear like Morgan Freeman saying over the top of it, you know, like, but Jesus saw what they did there. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, redemption. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, um, yes, it is. And again, in the big arc of where we are, we are leading right up to Holy Week in this narrative. Um, Jesus has overturned the tables. Jesus is in Jerusalem. Jesus, I mean, I also want to be aware that we are not in any way bashing the Jewishness. Oh, no. This is not that. No, What's this happening? Is, there's a difference between the totality of the Jewish people and the leaders at the time. Well, and even the leaders at the time were doing the best that they knew from the tradition that they had inherited. And, and under the oppression of a foreign government. And 
part of what they had inherited was like every other human institution had become influenced by power and money and the need for security. I'm glad that doesn't happen in the church today. Oh, my God. Right. (laughs) Like, this is what I'm saying, things that, that I thought would seem really familiar to what all of our human institutions do, right? Yeah. So, I... I, I reference the ongoing and current uh, issues trying to find a Speaker of the House at a time when we desperately need to have a functioning government. Well, and the church, frankly, let me just say the church writ large, um, not speaking up about anything of deep moral value right now as if the church has nothing to say about compassion and leadership and moral vision and uh you know care for the most vulnerable including refugees on both sides of the uh just atrocities happening in happening in the holy land right now or in Ukraine and Russia, or in so many other places in the world. Um, Every human institution is over time going to accumulate, let me just think of it as like a crust of worldliness, right? Where the living, breathing, soft, compassionate, lively stuff has formed a crust of self-protection, which is what happened at that point, you know. And so, exactly. so Jesus comes into this whole thing like a giant bottle of, you know, calcium lime rust remover <laughs> to pour over the entire thing. Or WD-40. And yeah, we're just, I'm just going to keep going. Right. Just to <laughs> break it apart. Yeah. And break open it, it up. Open. And, and, you know, bring it to, to restoration and wholeness. And, and the thing about Jesus to remember is that anytime he's doing any of this stuff over and over and over again is because he wants other people to be brought into fulfillment of relationship and care and care. Yeah. Yeah. Love. Yes. And and when institutions set that aside for self-preservation or power, then they don't smell like Jesus anymore. Well, and if we did bring everyone into relationship and care, and I mean care not necessarily in the emotional way, but the tangible way, then then that, um, if we prioritize that over religiosity, um, then, then the religion that we're practicing is love, not anything else. And that's what we are continually invited into is that living center that cares about people, human beings, um, more so than religious propriety and or religious rules just for the sake of religious rules. But I don't want to trash the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they're doing the best they can with the tradition they've inherited. And they don't know the punchline to Jesus's story yet, which is that Hashtag resurrection. They don't know that. They think he's... As, as Jesus said, he's not coming to destroy any of it. He's coming, coming to, to fulfill it. Right. But they've had a lot of uh, sort of people claiming to be the Messiah, though interestingly, Jesus doesn't claim, overtly claim to be the Messiah. They desperately want to know, are you saying you're the Messiah? And Jesus turns it back on them in today's story and says, 
What do you think? Who is the Messiah? I mean, it's brilliant. It's brilliant and wonderful. And they knew, they knew this, this wasn't working. And they're also probably terrified, not just of the people that they're being made to look bad, but holy crap. If the Romans start worrying whether or not we have issues here, they're going to come in and come down on us. Well, and also, so yeah, they sort of feel themselves squeezed in a catch-22 also. Because they've got to be like, they've, they're fearing Rome. And they also are fearing the people and sort of a populist revolution. But they're also, they, there's a part of them that's got to be thinking, I mean, these are faithful to religious people. Oh my God, what if he is the Messiah? Which is, I think, part of the reason why they're so desperate to, to get him to say whether he is or not. Because I think some of them would, would you know, like we, I think of Nicodemus coming in the middle of the night. Like, I think some of them are, are, have to be thinking like, oh, my God, what if I'm wrong? This well, is not what I thought the Nicodemus Messiah was indicative like. of, you know, if, if, if there was Nicodemus, it was more than just Nicodemus. Sure. But then you also had the other ones, right, who have the nice condo down in, in Jaffa <laughs> on the seaside right. that they, that sure, they want to keep, keep the mortgage up for. Right? That's right. They don't so, want to lose anything. Yeah. Because yeah. that's one of the problems with systems. We yep. get, you get people who rely on systems because they benefit them. And then they want to preserve the system rather than... What is intended by Jesus, which is, you know. Right. And the system is the thing that I'm talking about, that that crust that forms on the outside. And originally it might be as thin as the coating on an M&M. And it's just designed to hold things in place or keep them from melting away, continuing the M&M theory. Yes. But over time, the crust becomes the thing. And eventually, I don't feel that way about M and M's. Oh my God! No, no I don't. I, I'm not. Like I'm I, not into the shellac that's on them. I'm. I'm wanting that good chocolate. I have gone beyond the M peanuts. Yeah, I've gone beyond the M and M. Though I do appreciate all the many new flavors of M and M. I do. I do appreciate that. Um, I've gone beyond the metaphor of the M and M to <laughs> the crust becomes something much more thick. I can never let M and M's go, which is why no. I can't have them in the house. You know what I think, you know what this makes me think of? The metaphor that actually starts working in me is those geodes. Like my grandparents lived in Scottsdale. My grandma was into those. Oh, my God. And they look like um, sort of moon rocks from the outside. And then you hit them open with a hammer. And then there's like jewels inside. Not Amethyst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's magic. That's what I think of as the way the crust forms on the outside. There's something really sparkly, beautiful inside, but you have to hammer it open. Okay, now we need to do Electio Divina. Let's do this. Select a passage. And Tim, why don't you pick one? It can come either from the Old Testament or the New Testament. And Electio Divina, while you pick one, is a term that means holy reading or sacred reading. And... um, There are lots of ways to do this, uh, but we're going to do a really simplified version of it. So do you have one? Yeah, I'll do the last um, line, 15 through 18, I think, probably, of Leviticus 19. I don't know. I'm looking at it on lectionarypage.net. If you want to have the readings for Sunday, check out lectionarypage.net. 
Again, lectionarypage.net has all of your lectionary needs. Anyway, so I'm looking at it online. So I don't have, I don't have. You shall not hate in your heart anyone of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Let me read it again. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So one of the first steps of Lectio Divina after reading it, usually you read it several times, is to see what bubbled up for you. A word or a phrase. Yeah. Um, For me... It was your people. It was the phrase, your people. Mm. Um, Because it all hinges on that, right? Like, who do you think of as your people? Um, That, that's it for me, right? That just like really bubbled up to me, um, like shimmered. What about you? What stood out for you? You shall not take vengeance. Ooh. Stand out. You know, we just live in this time where it seems like there's a whole bunch of people who are making a lot of money on inspiring feelings of everybody. Um, It also seems to be, you know, the the basic platform of some politicians in this day and age. And um, here it is, straight up. Right. Right. Oh my God, you're right, Tim. We have such. Shall not you shall not take vengeance. It's not it's not for us to take to take vengeance. But we've we've created this entire cottage industry in in our country over the last couple of decades, really. Um, probably before that, but you know, like I'm just talking about in my lifetime, that focuses focuses on this. That this is what motivates events and. Um, yeah, vengeance and anger. Here it is. God saying it straight out. Injury. You uh, shall not. Right. Right. It is a command. And um, so if if we are worried about commands from Leviticus, let's make this one we worry about too. Yeah, it's a, it really is like an industry. Vengeance. And, you know, anger, frankly, it, it's something that, it's something that I have, you know, like, I have the ability within myself to feel vengeful. Yes. Yeah. As, as part of my basic, uh, you know, psychological makeup, it's one of the things that I have to sit back and go, hmm, I wonder why this feeling is welling up inside me. And, you know, can I see things from the other person's side, you know, and more often than not, you know, people don't do things necessarily with ill intent. So uh, it's just a, a, you know, maybe so, so on a personal and social level. I just, I'm just feeling this one. Mm. Well, I think, um, Tim, we all, I didn't mean to like affirm like, yeah. Oh yes. You feel that inside. We all. <laughs> so much. He's so angry. <laughs> always, that's always the first thing that comes to mind when I think, yeah. of, but we all, the, again, this wouldn't be in the Bible if it was just easy, right? It wouldn't, nobody would have to tell us we need to work on this if it wasn't in our human makeup. Right. And even when somebody does come at something with an ill intent to make trouble or just a selfish one, 
you know, to get more clicks so that they can get more money. Um, still behind it or underneath it or inside of it is a human feeling we can connect with, like fear or anguish or despair. And anxiety. Yeah. And for me, over the last several years, when people have asked me, um, how do you have compassion for the people, say, who tear gassed you? And what helps me is to try to reach that soft space inside. Yeah. yeah. That I can try to connect my own soft space inside because I have my own shell of anger and protection and uh, judgment. So the, the CLR in this case is... What's CLR? Calcium line restroom. <laughs> Call back. Hey! You are so much smarter than me. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay. So how... So now one of the, the other steps of Lectio Divina is um, what does this call you to? But I like to do it as who does who arising from you from any of these readings actually, or from this particular segment, who does this call you to bless? Um, So out in the world. um, And this is where I often like to think, then what does any of this have to do with us? Although today's conversation is a lot about how does this have to do with us? Right. Um, But what do these readings call you who do these readings call you to want to bless out there in the world tim that i got these readings i want to bless everybody in israel and gaza and the west bank of palestine Um, this is it's all built on centuries of, of vengeance and a cycle and i just pray for all of them. I have friends on both sides, you know, of the conflict. Um, it's just this intractable thing and, and horrific. And as you, you know, know, one of, you know, our, our Anglican hospital was the one that got hit with the errant rocket that people at first thought was a bombing. Um, and so what happens in war? Yeah. The fog of war. Um, and so, and, and so like just speaking with, you know, through Facebook messenger, some of my friends who are priests, Anglican priests who are Palestinian, um, and their anguish and some rabbinical friends in their anguish, um, and everybody trying to see a bright way through this. And, and it's just so hard. So I want to, I want to pray for all those who are now suffering because of these cycles of vengeance. Oh, Tim. Yeah. I, I guess building on that, cause I was uh, going to do a blessing that was more generic, but what I was going to ask for a blessing or, or say my blessing is for all of those who are trying to crack open that crust of vengeance, anger, fear, and connect with other human beings from that place of love and compassion, that it takes such courage 
And I would, I guess, that is especially difficult in times when your actual safety is at risk, when it's not just a metaphor, but when in all the places of strife in the world um, and strife, all the places of bloody war and violence, there is a real cost to loving like that. Mm-hmm. And it takes real courage. And, and that's also true sometimes in families, you know, um, or other situations. It takes, there's a real cost sometimes of making yourself that vulnerable. But that's what we're called to be. I am the Lord, says God. Amen. Yeah. Woo. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, to the premiere episode of Series 3. Series 2. Sorry. Series 3. To the new series of The Irreverence. And we'll be back. Next next Generation, which is the same generation. I don't know. (laughs) Right. The cracking opening. Um, But thanks for being with us again. And now you'll hear from us every week. And... We're, we're glad to be back. And you can email us. Soon we will be launching our Irreverence website um, where we have populated it with all of our previous episodes. Um, but for now, send send us an email if you have something you'd like to hear. Um, for now, why don't you send it to Ginny, G-I-N-I, at stjohnsgeorgetown.org because I'm not sure either of us remembers how to get into the irreverence uh, emails. Yeah, that's cool. we'll go back to that. And do that. Yeah. We'll it's been a that. while. Yeah. There's a, there a lot of things that happened in between the, yeah. the last three. So, so. many things. Um, but anyway, we're glad you're li- you listened. Tell a friend. Uh, and we'll see you next week. God bless y'all. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye now. But the pumpkin patch is really critical. You should see it. It's actually, you know, it's like an Instagrammer's paradise. Oh. You know, all sorts of. Perhaps you should send us a picture of the pumpkin patch once it opens.